Hey, and welcome to the International Solidarity Movement podcast. My name's Tom, and in this episode, me and Hazel speak to Serene Kudari, who's a resident of the Haitia refugee camp in Bethlehem. For many years, Dehaisha has been a centre of determined resistance against the occupation. We spoke to Serene in December 2022, and she told us about life and resistance in Dehaisha, and also in the Jordan Valley. She speaks about two of the murders which were carried out by the Israeli military near Dehaisha in winter 2022. Now, over to Hazel and Serene to talk about life, resistance and solidarity in Dehaisha. So my name is Serin. I'm originally from uh, Tobas, uh, from the north of the Jordan Valley. Okay, and I have moved to the Haitia refugee camp uh, seven years ago. So I live here since uh, seven years. Yeah, um, I'm an activist with Jordan Valley Solidarity Campaign, and uh, now I'm organizing um, some activities here in the Haitia refugee camp. I'll talk about uh, the refugee camp here in the Haitia. So in the past. Um, there were a gate, Israeli gate, closed the camp and uh, electric fence around the around the camp. It was moved, uh, removed because of the struggle of Palestinian people here in the camp and because of resistance. Uh, so nowadays, actually since I moved to uh, the Haitian camp, it was shocked for me. Even I'm a Palestinian, I was living and struggling in another way, not like now how how it looks like how the life in dehesha so i i was suffering another types of of problems you know the life in the jordan valley we were struggling there because there were, there are no water not allowed to build houses not allowed to have electricity to build a school so it was another type of uh, of struggling here in dehesha camp it's it's different you are resisting to be alive any time you could be shooted uh, with any attack. So I remember the first night um, the Israeli soldiers attacked the house. I was alone, actually. My husband, he was in jail. So I was alone at house. I was surprised. It was like for me, like a war. Bombing outside the house, shooting, uh, gas bombing into my house, to the balcony. So I was like, what's happening? What's going on here in the camp? So um, that's what's happening, uh, like weekly. Sometimes three times per week, sometimes once a week. It depends on the mood and the orders of Israeli soldiers. Um um, they came from different 50 villages in 1948, and they live here in the camp. Um, I'll talk more about the attacking for the camp, especially while I'm a mother now. I have kids. It's um, two months ago. Um, usually when I go to work, my kids and my husband, they drove me to work with 
buy our car. And then my husband take out my kids to the uh, kindergarten. So he, they uh, drove me to, to my work. My work far away from the camp, around 10 minutes. Okay. Since they, they were in their way back to, to the camp, uh, they were on their way back to the camp. They were surprised that they were uh, soldiers at the entrance of the camp without their uniform. And they were shooting. I just heard in the news there are shooting in the camp. There were people injured. I was like, what's happening? It was 8.30 a.m. So that was the first time for my kids they saw blood. So for me, it was like they have to be uh, up their ages, you know. Since they start to ask me who they are, uh, what's the blood about, if the people they were died, if um, later we will be shooted, what will happen? They were asking me after being dead, how the life for us, if some, they were asking questions really much more than their ages. So in that time, I recognized that it's the danger of, of occupation. It's, you know, when you, you start to live a life as it's normal, you, you look at it, it's normal life and someone slap you that it's not normal. Actually, my kids, they slap me that uh, that one, that it's abnormal life. Um, yeah, and you heard about the last one, Mommy. our, uh, my husband relative who was shooted in the camp. It's like that in one moment. How old are you now? Uh, Jawad, the the biggest one, he is five years and a half. Younes, three years and a half. Mama, show up. Had a mic. You could bring it closer. Hey. Mm. Okay, I'll be back. Mm. Okay, I just remembered that unfortunately, international people, they when we talk about situation and life, it, it's like, okay, you are people under occupation and let us know about it, you know? But no, we have, we are just like any other people. We have life and we are, we have good memories in our life. We're not like just people under occupation, how the Israelis, they want to show us. So yeah, that's just, I, I have remembered. Yeah. Do you want to say anything else about the situation in Dahaisha? At the recent Martin, Yeah. It was in 5th of December at 5.30 a.m. Actually, my son, he was sick and I was awake. Okay. I just hear pumping outside the, the house. Um, so, okay. A new attack. Who, 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 who will be died for this night? I was like that. What will happen? Um, I just heard uh, shout, shooting, shout, no, a voice of a man who's, who was like shouting. So he was the, that one, the murderer. He was, so they went, they attacked the camp to arrest um, people. They arrested three people in that night at 5.30 a.m. And um, it was like they left the camp. So... The people, they thought that the army, they left the camp. 
So they went to take out the prisoners from the school. They were keeping the prisoners inside the school, just outside the school. So suddenly they were a sniper. He started to shoot at uh, at the people. He shot a man. He was um, felt uh, down. Then uh, his friends, they were trying to take him uh, out from under um, fire. They shot at him for 10 uh, bullets. They were trying to, to take him. Anyone he was trying to go closer, he, they, they shoot. So two, they were in danger situation. And the third one, he was died. And his brother is still in, in jail. I'm sorry to hear that. Mm. Yeah, it was a shock, you know, because especially this uh, this guy, the people in the camp they were uh, they were love him. He was he he was the one who make bread for all the camp. Mm. So he was usually go to the kindergarten for my where my kids study and making bread to them and zatar with bread cheese with bread weekly once a week for free so his friends of of kids people in the camp it was sad uh, moment for all the camp it was a huge shock how old was he 22 years old Thanks. Omar Manna his name is Omar Faraj is there a strong feeling of community mm. and mm. solidarity amongst the people here, despite the, the attacks? Yes. Actually, th that things I, 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 I saw it in, in my eye, um, especially women. You know, whenever there are attacks, not just men, they go outside. Even women, they try to protest the camp. It's not easy for Israeli soldiers to come inside the camp from the entrance of the camp because nightly there are men um, who's, who's trying to to keep the camp from, from the soldiers. So how they attack the camp from the mountain, from behind the camp, mostly. It's not easy for them to, to come inside the camp. Whenever they try to enter the camp, there are resistance. I will not hide it. The people, they resist. Even women, they do it. So for sure, they will not welcome them by, by flowers. The Israeli soldiers, they, uh, they shoot at 70 people from the camp, just 70 into their knees. So their promise was... We are going to make people disabled. If anyone wants to um, resist, he will be disabled. And they were talking by that on microphone. The, the captain, the Israeli captain, he were threatening the people like that. Whenever there are attacks, you have to hide yourself in your house. Otherwise, you will be disabled. We are going to shoot you. Mm -hmm. And are you saying you were saying before that women will also go out into the street as well when the soldiers try and enter? Is it also women who go? If they are coming, like if they knock the house to come inside, they try to stop them. Mm -hmm. It's not like going outside the street. No, just men they go to outside. But if they try to go inside, they they refuse. Even women.
you're not welcome in my house. They try to ask them if they have uh, permission. Like, um, uh, if you have, uh, uh, how, how how you call it? Like documentary say, do you have the right from the court? Because illegal, or what they are doing is illegal. And two months ago as well, they killed a child. And we are going to take you to see where uh, where he was killed. He was just in the street. Um, inside the village, there are checkpoints in Amrukba village here in Bethlehem. And uh, a soldier, he shooted the, the child. They were, they took photos to show that they were trying to treat him after shooting him. And they were showing, look at our soldiers, how they were trying to, to treat a child. And since they took the photos, they left. They let him die. So after all that, I, 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 um, I'm trying to, so open link between women in the Jordan Valley and women in the Hisha refugee camp to share their experiences because it's important. It's important to, to share the experiences and to talk to, to keep, um, having hope and, and we are teaching, um, sharing, uh, our experiences to teach each other. So. Can you explain what it's like to organize autonomously as women in Daisha camp? Like what kind of things have you been doing in the women's organizing? Okay. So first of all, we went to uh, the Jordan Valley. Um, I noticed actually that there are um, differences between the characters of the women in the Jordan Valley and the women in the Hisha Fijikam. Even they are struggling, both they are struggling and resisting in, in, their, in their ways. So I thought, okay, if they share uh, their experiences, it will be helpful for women there and and the woman here in, in the Hesha refugee camp. And we start a project called uh, The Beauty of the Land here in the Hesha camp and in the Jordan Valley. You know, the Jordan Valley has a very beautiful area and a huge area. But whenever you go there to talk to people, they start to blame the situation and talk about occupation and they forget that they live in a very beautiful area because of the situation. And that's what the Israelis want. They want us to focus at the problems and the blame the situation and feel it's very hard life and, and leave. So we start to focus more to stay with the communities, to live with the, with the communities for, for months, to talk to the people, to, I, I learned a lot because of the women in the, in, in the Jordan Valley. Uh, through our my staying and other women, they, they said the same. Um, just our questions was, let us know about the beauty of the Jordan Valley. At the beginning, it was hard to talk about beauty. Almost it was about problems, situation, occupation, etc. But after 10 days, they start to talk about unique plants, um, the the lands, the unique flowers, the spring waters. So it was okay. If you feel the lands, if you 
um, take the good memories to your mind from the land, then you feel it, you will like to stay in it. It will mean for you. Not like, okay, I'm here because it's the only place I'm staying in. So it was um, it was good experience there. And we're trying to collect stories from here in the Hesha, from old women and uh, old men, because that's our history. And you know, the stories of Nakba, it's with the people who are up eight years old. So we are trying to meet more people to have to document it. And can you also talk a bit about the women's organizing here as well in the camp? Like I think you spoke about having a house where women can meet and discuss together. <laughs> okay. It was crazy idea. Okay. So, you know, my husband, I'll talk to you since the beginning. My husband, he was in jail. You know, the Palestinian Authority, they give salary for each month of staying in jail for the family of the prisoner. So I was working that time. I was collecting the money of uh, of for Mahmoud since he was released. We were thinking what to do with this. So we decided to uh, to renovate one of the oldest house in the Asia to save the story of the house, which it has stories of seven families who was left there because of Nakba. So now it's a place for women to meet and talk. Um, you know, here in, in the camp, almost we don't have spaces outside our houses. Almost it's like houses upstairs. So, yeah, it's opportunity for women to sit and to talk, to share experiences as well. Uh, we give trainings in the house as well. Uh, we have link with the worker union. So almost we invite um, uh, women. Um, here, if there are some trouble at work, the women, they try to hide it. So... The woman, the woman center for them, it's like space where they could share with each other, which is very important for your psychology to talk and to try to solve your problems with others. So that's the idea of the woman center in and the Haitian. Like how many women have been coming? 55 until now. Yes, one plus, yeah, 55 women we are. And do you also like make decisions about things like locally or like what sort of projects do you hope to do in the future? Like you said about the union organizing and um, it's also interesting that you said it's like this really old house because it made me think of what you were just saying about the Jordan Valley. And again, it's like women as these kind of defenders of culture and memory and like, mm -hmm. and, and like passing that on as well. So it's really beautiful that in both places you're, you have these. Yeah, actually, actually more it's going to be like um, a popular education center. It's like um, people teaching another people, sharing, learning each other. And we are thinking to, to give a space. It has like... Um, um, high floor, it could be for theater, okay? 
to share some of the stories which we are collecting now. So it's more for culture. It's it's going for culture. Yeah. Is, it, is it ever difficult to get women involved in organizing? Is there like specific challenges that you feel like women face to get involved? Here in the camp? Yeah. No, not, no, no, no. Here the, the women, they are more open. Okay. But where are the challenges? It's not... It's easy to make them involved. It's not easy to make them talk. And that's important, you know. It's like, okay, we have to hide our... We have to show that we are... Shukran. It's like the image of women. It's like we have to show that we are heroes. We don't have problems, you know. We could solve it. It's easy to solve any problems. And that's the challenge. That no, it's a problem. It's not normal life. We have to face it as it's a problem. Yeah, that's the challenge. And were you involved in women's organizing before living in the camp as well? Like organizing women elsewhere. So I know that you are an ex-prisoner. Mm. Um, and mm. you're involved now in prison solidarity organizing and I mm. want to ask you about that but I'm also curious because you said in the camp women are quite open to joining but I'm wondering if it was difficult in other places not necessarily yeah. just like for example in the Jordan Valley it's not easy to make women share uh, activities or uh, to be any to be honest any here, it's easy to make people join activities, but in the Jordan Valley, for example, it's like shame. Or they have to wait the decision from men to accept it. That's the truth. Here, no, it's different. Why do you think it's different now? What's the difference? Or well, what caused it to be different? Because the style of life here is different. In the Jordan Valley, it's like still small communities, so it's still more controlled by men, which is not the same here. Once when I, I was in the Jordan Valley, I saw a woman, she waked up at five during the, um, the beauty project while I was staying with the families. So she waked up at 5 a.m. She was uh, taking the milk of 200 sheep Okay, and then she went back to the house. She prepared breakfast for her family. She make her kids ready to go to school. Then she make a cheese of the 200 sheep, the milk. And then she was preparing the, the dinner. And the Israeli bulldozer, they attacked the house. They destroyed the house. She went inside the house. She took everything from inside the house, outside. At that time, she was preparing the food while the bulldozer destroying the house. And in the end of the day, I asked her, what do you do in your life? Could you imagine her answer? What was it? Nothing. For me, it was like she teached me the meaning of power. And she has a huge power to do all of that without blaming. But for her, it's like I'm doing nothing. So that's why I thought, yeah, it's important to talk to women. 
And that's why their situation is still like that, because they don't talk. They look at it as it's normal, normal life. And the meaning for them, from the men, you do nothing. I'm the man, to be honest. And that's destroying communities. That's how communities are destroying in the valley, because of that. Women, for me, are much more important than, than men there. Because they start, I saw her, she was trying to rebuild the house before the men. She looked after um, her sheep, about the family as well. And the decisions comes from the men in the end of the day. So, yeah, you mentioned before that you were in prison and also since then you've been a prisoner organizer, like a solidarity organizer as well. Mm. Um, we're wondering if you could tell us a bit about that. About being in jail or about the... Um, if you want to share about being in jail, then do, but okay. also especially organizing since then as well. Okay, so in 2013, I was kidnapped by the Israeli soldier. I was in isolation for two months. And maybe it's important to share with you, with you um, about being isolated. I was in a cell, uh, which is one meter within two meter for two months without light, with a very heavy light. I remember the first time I saw the sun after two months. Uh, for my eyes, it was like a heavy door I'm trying to open. And there, there are too many details. Um, if we are going to talk about it, maybe for people who's outside jail, it means nothing. But for prisoners, it's like a life. It was a dream for me after a month um, to have small mirrors, to see my face in, in a mirror, for example. Um, so I have passed through too many psychology pressures. I remember once uh, one of the Israeli captains, he brought an Israeli and Palestinian, sorry, and Palestinian magazine with the photo of my mother uh, written on it that my mom died. Imagine which types of psychology they don't care to make, to make you very weak. So after isolation, I was with um, Palestinian mm. uh, political prisoners in Hashorun jail. So I was with another uh, Palestinian uh, political prisoners um, in Hashorun jail, which is illegal according to Geneva agreement that we were in jail inside uh, Israel. Our family cannot visit. For me, never my family visited me there. Um, we were mixed in the same jail with Israeli criminals, which is illegal too. So since I was uh, released, I was involved with um, doing uh, solidarity uh, with um, prisoners through 
sending letters, talking to um, a radio. There are some um, um, programs. I know that prisoners are uh, are he- uh, hearing, and it means a lot for them. They they are waiting the program from one week to another week to hear letters and to hear from people outside. So it's like to give a time for 10 minutes to this program. It means a lot to the prisoners inside. So I'm trying to uh, give my best with that, uh, trying to stand next to families to keep continue to keep the struggle on to um, not make the to not make the families feel they are lonely. Yes. And are you working especially with women prisoners in the family? Not especially, but I'm trying to focus because, um, yeah, as I know their situation, as I lived it, um, I'll share something with you that I met Lina Al-Jarbouni. When I met her in jail, she was for 20 years in jail. So I met her in 2013. So for her... Um, I start to talk to her about internet, about Facebook, that you could post uh, post on Facebook, people could make comments. She thought, um, I'm lying, like, I'm just trying to make more drama about around. She doesn't know what does it mean, internet. While internet was discovered, she was in jail. So she was like, which life we are living well, how many how many people from Dahesha uh, are in prison? Do you think now? Oh, hundreds. I don't know exactly because you know daily there are people. Uh, maybe this night they will arrest more five people. It's changed daily. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many many families have one of their loved yes. ones in, in prison. Yes. Hmm. And do you organize activities together? And I want to say something, we are not numbers. Mm. It's like, you know, each family has the same, each Palestinian family has prisoners, has a taste the meaning of to lose someone, murders. I don't think that any family in Palestine, never one, one of them was arrested. Like for example, our uh, our neighbor, he's in jail fifteen since fifteen years ago, and he has to stay in jail for all of his life, just on the other side of our house. His mother was dead, and he didn't saw her. For before she was dead for four years, he didn't. They didn't allow her to visit. So uh, our other neighbor. Last year he was uh, shooted. He's 17 years old and he's disabled. He was shooted into his back. The other neighbor, he's like go out from jail for two months and they rearrest. He stay with his family always just for two months and he they has to come back to arrest him. He stay in jail two years. They let him out for two months and they re- they rearrest. It's like around us, 
It's like movie. And both of us are involved in in prisoner solidarity and um, solidarity with people uh, in in court uh, in the UK. Um, and yeah, I wanted to ask, like, how how important do you think is it to have connections and solidarity with people outside of Tahitia and outside of Palestine? Um, and to build solidarity with prisoners from, from it's important because there are some actions you could do it we cannot do it mm-hmm. for example the things when i was in jail i i saw the things which they were put in my eye for in oh, my yeah. hand yeah jay for us mm-hmm. so some companies international companies they support israel through the guns for example through these things, you could make actions to against it. And if you are in contact with Palestinians, um, uh, solidarity with prisoners, you could share more uh, stories, more realities to make the people work outside to do something to help. We're still living the same life because of the silence of international, I think of international uh, communities.